2: Hi beautiful humans, I, this is fucking weird, it's like deja vu, it's like I manifested this in myself, but this is a double intro because I then had to record the intro to this episode again on my phone from my laptop yesterday because the stupid program <coughs> soundtrack by Spotify didn't, doesn't work, it didn't mix my episode so I couldn't download it and therefore couldn't upload it, so this is your first part of the intro and now please enjoy the second part of the intro for episode 40 of Conversation. Hi, beautiful humans. I said that once before, and it sounded really odd. You know when you say a word too much and it starts to sound <laughs> not like a word anymore? Oh, I'm losing it. I'm losing it. <clears throat> Carry on. Welcome to episode 40 of Conversation. <clears throat> friends it's not right to have favorites but as a personal favorite and a personal just expansion of my knowledge this episode is right up there damn my guest this week is oh my god she she is gonna go places absolutely she is so knowledgeable she's clued up She's rational. She is so great at explaining things. She just has a way with words. She's engaging. Look, look at me gushing. Here I am. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that this episode, you will not be able to tear yourself away. And for good reason, it's an incredibly unique episode. My guest this week is the amazing Ramona Flo. She's a performer. She is a sight-impaired human being. She has albinism, which we learn all about in this episode. And it's incredibly, incredibly important. Um, But that does come with some trigger warnings. So if you are sensitive towards violence and discrimination towards people with disabilities, um, mentions of race, um then please be a that they do occur in this episode, but for good reason. Ah, God damn. I'm literally not going to talk anymore because you need to focus on the episode. It's, it's the only thing that's important right now. So make sure you've got a good hour of your time and a good attention span. Don't fall asleep to this one, friends. And please let me know what you think as well. Of course, always, always. Find me on the internet anywhere except Instagram at Cats and Crows, K A T S A N D C R O W S, and then you can find me on Instagram at Riots and Crows, which is what's going to happen in the UK soon. R I O T S <laughs> A N D C R O W S. There will be no more further speaking of politics today because. That was me gesturing to everything. <laughs> Friends, please give me some feedback or leave me a rating and a review. Uh, I can't remember if I already asked that, so I'm just going to get the fuck out of here and let you enjoy my amazing guest, Ramona Flo, on episode 40. Can you believe we got here? 40 of conversation. When I was growing up, All my role models were male. I didn't see anyone I could relate to in the press, online, anywhere. Now, I'm surrounded with the most phenomenal women. They have each endured unique hardships and survived. More than survived, they thrive. But still, women are not equal in the world. Not represented in the media. Not treated equally online. And still subjected to sexism in everyday life. Alternative women, especially, are more hashtag than they are real humans. I want to change that. I want you to see the women I see. I want you to hear them. This is conversation. Road noise. Oh, that's a good point. I literally had someone drilling outside my window. I'm going so "Oh, I that We
1: live on a motorway currently, so oh,
2: no. that's not useful for recording. I'm so grateful. I'm, I'm so grateful for how quiet it is. But it's really weird at my house. So I live in, I live outside London, and sometimes you can hear the motorway, and sometimes you can hear noise from the industrial estate across the river from my town. Crazy. Isn't noise pollution just the fucking craziest thing Yeah, literally, I don't know what it is It must be the wind blowing or something But fuck me, but it's been really nice and quiet During lockdown How's your area been during a lockdown?
1: It's been interesting I mean, I so the people that live above us um, Have had Six house parties in the space of two weeks um, And that was When lockdown started So I'm on the NHS list I, you know, can't see other human beings which sucks I can't even go to the friggin shop Mm. Um, and they had a house party with like I don't know six people in a really tight knit corridor and they're like up and down coughing in front of my front door oh my god Um, it's a shared space anyway yeah my partner went down to talk to them and was like you can't do this and they tried to give um, him drugs to sneak (gasps) to me that i like to knock me out so I wouldn't complain. And Are I was you fucking like, serious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, um, okay. Wow. It was insane. He was like, yeah, I've got like a Xanax if you want to just slip it in her drink and then she won't complain. Yeah. And I yeah. was like,
2: um, oh my God, enforcing toxic man masculinity much? Like, here mate, have a fucking drug, drug your girlfriend. What it, the was wow. <laughs> it was lovely. Like, it was
1: a charming experience. I mean, was absolutely
2: I've never heard that one before. Fuck me. <laughs> it
1: was it was absolutely insane. And then, after about the fifth time it happened, um, we put a note under their door saying, Look, if you're going to continue to do this, you do you, but can you at least anti back like, the corridor that we all share? Right. And the girl came out of her house really drunk at 3 a.m. in the morning with a bottle of fairy liquid and a sponge and started oh. like washing up liquiding the corridor. Was
2: it all sticky? I was like, mm. Oh. Oh, I mean, I appreciate the reference, but also stop having house parties
1: Exactly, and you're also like creating more mess by putting fairy liquid
2: everywhere That's yeah. not anti-packing No, not without the water It's just <laughs> making everything a trip hazard, a literal trip hazard It's, <laughs> trip. it's awful So you're going to go to a hostel either way, or the other virus or via broken <laughs> Yay I don't get done by the
1: virus, I get done by
2: fairy liquid That's Imagine hard. that, imagine that being <laughs> the way you go during a pandemic <laughs> Fuck that. Ramona, for those of uh-huh. my listeners who don't know who you are, please give yourself a brief introduction. Hello, um,
1: I am Ramona Flo. I am a very small, curvy, plus-size um, burlesque performer. I do fire, I do sex work, um, I'm a plus-size model. I try and be an activist. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm an activist because I don't feel like I do enough, but no, I try to be- everyone-
2: Anyone that does activism is Then activist. Need, we need to get rid of that hierarchy. Carry on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm an activist for both sex work um, and the sex work community and then also disabilities because I am a um, LGBT and disabled um, performer. So I'm a whole bag of crazy shit.
2: You're in a whole, you've got a whole load of communities going though, haven't you girl? Oh yeah. <laughs> <gasps> How did we meet Ramona? How was it? Was it through Disgrace? You know, re-
1: we were, I was at Face Down, um, which is a really epic
2: night. You guys should go when this isn't yes, like okay. all over. Um,
1: oh yeah, we, we are, we're mid-pandemic
2: right now, for anyone listening in the exactly. oh. yeah,
1: Please don't go clubbing during a pandemic, because i hate you forever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you make enemies that way. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in a nightclub. And all my friends had left me. And I'd found out that my partner at the time had been cheating on me with an underage girl. Mm. Again, don't recommend that either. Mm. Um, And I was absolutely distraught. And my friend, Will, who is the um, flyer for Face Down, was like, oh my God, you have to go meet these girls because they're going to look after you. And then everything's going to be great again. And I was like, yeah, cool, okay. And then I met you and Crimson. And within five minutes, we were in a bathroom talking about like, how empowering women were! Yes, and then, I remember this. <laughs> we all sat down in like a little room together, um, and I had no like no clue who you guys were or anything that you did. Um, and you guys were like, "Oh yeah, we run this like little thing, and it's not it's not that big, but it's really fun." Like totally underplayed it. Um, <laughs> and then I ended up <laughs> I ended up actually going to your event. I think it was like a week later. And I was like, "Shit, they lied. This is big. Like, they—they were being so modest. This is fucking epic." Um, And I ended up bumping into a girl that I'd known like my whole life since I was about ten years old, and it was—that was Talitha Frost. And it all kicked off. (laughs) It all kicked off. um, And months later, we're going to protest as a group, and um, doing wild shows.
0: It was sick.
1: It was
2: it And now was. we're activism happily ever aftering Aren't we
1: Exactly in our beds That's so and rad about
2: Tolita, Because I've had Tolita on my podcast <laughs> But I didn't know you guys <laughs> have known each other Since you were young What's the Oh yeah
0: so,
2: oh, That's complicated So
1: we used to be part of the same Ish friendship group when we were about 10 years old T's actually got a picture Of me and her at a bowling party when we were kids looking real grumpy together. Um, <laughs> like, it's the cutest thing. And we were really good friends, but then we ended up going to different schools, so we became really distant, but we still kind of knew each other distantly for a while. Um, my mum ended up being her teacher.
0: Oh my God!
1: <laughs> At school for ages. Um, and yeah, we suddenly lost touch, even though we lived five roads away from each other um wow. our whole lives. Like
2: literally five
1: roads. Um, so close. Like and your
2: lives are like intertwining.
1: Exactly. And from there we completely lost touch. And then I was at a disgrace event. I bumped into her and I was like excuse me. I, I, I know I know is you. <laughs> you you was my friend. Um and then we got back into contact and she's literally like my weird sister. It's really creepy. awesome. Oh my <laughs>
2: God. He is, honestly, she was one of the hardest, I would say the most hard, hard working physical member of Disgrace. Do you yeah. know how she, she joined Disgrace? You, maybe you were there when she had her audition?
1: I know she auditioned, I've seen clips. She um, came to
2: all of our events, every single one, even the crazy ones we threw that were kind of borderline. I'm not sure if this is a legal event in dodgy, <laughs> sketchy places. And T was at every single one, she danced all night, all the way to the end, and she didn't even drink.
1: So no, that's the thing. So she and T
2: don't drink, indeed. You don't drink either. I remember,
1: yeah. Mm. So that's something that we kind of bond on because we so we have a no drinking policy in our company where like. We we're cool with you having a drink afterwards. We're cool with you partying afterwards. But like, you are your best self when you're sober and your I mind agree. is calm
2: and you know what you're doing. If you're so. doing risky stuff as well, I agree. Pyrohex, we oh, exactly the same. It, it, it nullifies your assurance too. It's like, come on, we've raised the standard of the industry <laughs> to this point. Let's keep it nice. So true. So true. Ramona, but tell me more I'll about Skylet yeah oh
1: um scarlet's like my baby um i am stupidly overprotective of scarlet in every possible (laughs) way um so scarlet is a company that i originally started because oh god this is all good i went to a, a disgrace event with a friend of mine who had never seen burlesque in her life never seen a sex worker in person in her life never seen anything gothic in her life um and we both went to a Disgrace event and this was like my seventh and we were talking to everyone there. We were saying how great it was and a lot of people were saying like this is really out of the way for me or I can't get to it easily or it's an amazing event but it's just not practical and we mm. were like oh we want to we want to do something more local and it started off with something really small and we were thinking it would be just like a few pubs in the local area and you know it wouldn't be that big because we love Disgrace and like Disgrace was our second home, so we didn't want to create something that go and clash with Disgrace. We Mm. wanted something that was like it's nice to all come together and
2: stuff. Yeah, I understand
1: exactly. So, um, we created Scarlet literally one night while she was drunk and I was drinking Coca Cola, and (laughs) it was very difficult because she didn't know what she was doing, I didn't know what I was doing, and we did a few shows. I think we did face down. Which was really fun, and we actually got loads of backlash from that show. Um, mm. We got like fat shamed online. We got loads of online hate from it, and it was like a really bizarre um, thing to happen. And we were all like, "This is the end. We're never going to do it again." Oh my god, everyone hates us. Like the world's coming to an end. Um, so fucked up, man. <laughs> which is, you know, why people want to do that. To people that have The well, courage alternative to do communities, as bizarre.
2: well, especially a world that preaches difference and preaches tolerance. Exactly, um, they are actually delusioned into thinking that because of that, we're above things like body shaming, racism, sexism. But they're actually a worse root because they refuse to confront it. They've refused to even. Oh approve. god, yeah, yeah, it's fucked up.
1: It's bizarre, and you know, we thought that was going to be the end of it. Um, and Talitha came up to me afterwards and was like. I want to help you with this. I want to. I want to take this somewhere because I really enjoy working with you. And I brought her on as my second in command and now my stage wife. And we've built it into this weird monster of a show. <laughs> 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 no one seems to be able to kill. Um, and then, <laughs> obviously, disgrace um, sadly came to a stop. We did um, it in was a really enough oh that's mad that's crazy right yeah oh god that's scary Um, and we thought you know there's there's an opening in the market where disgrace is going to leave a hole where a lot of people felt safe and a lot of people felt we felt bad
2: attracting that feminist kind of safe space i was so hopeful where are these carried on
1: where are these people gonna go? You know, there's there's not a lot of other places that have that support network, or people can go and wear their little cute outfits, or people can go and party and not feel like attacked. And mm. we wanted to that back in a different way. And obviously disgrace's whole thing was we're a women run group, mm. which is phenomenal. But for us it's more we're a minority run group. Yeah. So we're taking it from a different standpoint because you I guys opened it. so many doors.
2: We smashed it off. That's all we wanted to do. I was like, Amen. it's never been done. I can't believe there's not a, a even a minority-run club night, not even, like, slightly alternative alternative club night. All alternative club yeah. night, we're the same. Exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Snore. But now, look at it. It's gorgeous. You Look at you guys. Exactly.
1: Like, music doesn't make a vibe that people do. Yeah. And I think people... Change the music of a nightclub, and they automatically think it's going to change what it is, and it, it doesn't.
2: It's true. It's true. People are people section themselves out still like that a lot, don't they? I I love I love that the alternative again the alternative community is like that, but they are they are a little close off to new things. <laughs> <what I> <laughs> yup,
1: they don't like change. They like their little E-My Ways and I'll stay in them forever.
2: Yes, absolutely. But we need to, we need to kind of open stuff up like that, don't we? So oh my let's, God. Talk yeah. about, let's talk about your activism, Ramona. Because you are an activist mm-hmm. in so many ways. I've had so many people, <laughs> at, people advocate for things on this podcast. And you, mm-hmm. just, just by existing, are an incredible activist. <laughs> so tell me about that.
1: Um, so I'm at just, uh, <laughs> English. Um, I'm an <laughs> activist for loads of things. Um, I'm not going to bang on about sex work because we have too many amazing people speaking about it at the moment. We know, um, we know
2: that it's important. It is important. It? <laughs> just I'm look it up. About it look up. Look up. It's
1: not important.
2: Look up Decrim now, Swarm hardship fund um the East London Stripper Collective hardship fund. Done. Carry on.
1: Yeah. F- yes. Do
2: really that. Is. There you go. Today. <laughs>
1: Um, Yeah, so I am the biggest um, activist for my disability, which is albinism. Um, It's sad that when I say that, not a lot of people are going to know what I'm talking about. Um, Most people are common with the term albino or albino, um, which saddens me so much, and I'll get into that in a minute. So I was born with oculotaneous albinism, which is one of two strands of albinism, which means I was born with zero pigmentation in my body and pigmentation the thing that gives you color in your skin and your hair um I have none in my eyes my skin my hair nothing um I was also born with over seven types of eye conditions um and that the backs of my eyes actually are not formed properly so I use a blind cane in my daily life I meant to have a guide dog but I'm allergic to dogs sad um (laughs) but it's I know, right? <laughs> um, it's something that I've had since birth. It's not going to go away. It could possibly get worse. We don't know. Um, but there are so many stereotypes about this disability, and there are so many really, really nasty and dangerous things out there that people think are true. Um, and I don't think people really understand the gravity of of the disability and how much affects people, or also how it's seen in other countries. I mean, for example, I wasn't actually allowed to go on a school trip when I was in the first year of sixth form um, because it was a trip to Tanzania. And Tanzania is the um, main center for albinism murderings. So if I was to go, my teachers would have had to take armed guards I would have had twenty-four hour protection. I wouldn't have been able to be on my own. Um, they have specialized facilities in Tanzania where people with the condition have to go and live with like barbed wire and like like a prison. Um wow. because we're believed to like that if you eat us in certain ways or kill us in certain ways, trigger warning, sorry, um, that you know, we can cure HIV or we can cure AIDS or we can cure like heart disease or all that type of stuff um, and we're worth a lot of money
2: <laughs> damn dude
1: it's bizarre um, and you know people think they're stereotypes like everyone with a disability has red eyes which is not true, please google it <sighs> I've had people get in my inbox and say You're, you haven't got albinism, did a doctor tell you this you don't have red eyes and I'm like why would I <laughs> Why would I make up a disability for attention? This sounds bizarre. Man.
2: <laughs> unsolicited advice on something that's not even advisable. It's oh, it's insane. I, you know, I have people
1: ask me to do porn because they have the fetish for the disability. I have people see me as like a, you know, a, a tick list. It's I want to sleep with someone that has dwarfism, albinism, blind, um, all that jazz. And it it's a really weird thing because in a way it's like it's a gift so I have this weird niche that other people don't have that I can I can use to my advantage but then it's am I then objectifying myself to being just this disability and not having a personality or a person so I mean that's another thing the term an albino or that person's an albino to me is really offensive because it's the equivalent of saying something like she's a blind, or she's a Down syndrome, or she's a wheelchair. No one says those terms, because it makes that person seem like they're just that thing. Like, they're not just a a wheelchair, they're not just like a blind stick, they're Mm. a person. So I always say I have albinism, rather than I'm albino.
2: I understand that. I'd never actually considered it with the word albino before, but that makes total sense. I I mean, absolutely. (laughs) Do you you have much experience, Ramona, speaking to other people with albinism?
1: (laughs) Oh, my God, all the time. So there is an amazing, amazing charity out there. Um, Please Google them. They're called Victor. Um, V-I-C-T-A. They are an incredible charity that help children with disabilities, especially vision. Um, And I have been part of them as a child. And as I grew up, I started volunteering with them. And they take families for like weekends away so that the parents get support as well as the kids. And I've had, oh, God knows how many like children come up to me because they don't believe that I have the condition because I hide it so well. And they say they want to be like me when I'm older. I've had parents, I had one mum cry to me once because she was saying, like, I thought my child would spend the rest of their life getting bullied or thinking they couldn't do certain things so or thinking sad. that they were really limited. And it's, it's horrific because you know a lot of people with disabilities are told they have equal opportunity and they can do all this and they can do that and if you see someone with that disability you know you're more inclined to support them and help them but a lot of people with albinism they don't get that they just get people laughing at them or people making a joke about them or like there was a really famous um meme that went around that was every um oh was it? albino jokes are really funny unless it's the albino and that went around like everywhere mm. so it's uh, it's a really weird thing that it's almost like does it come under disability or does it come under a racial stigma because it's about color and skin color you know oh,
2: yeah. it's, i've it's had people forward, isn't it yeah interesting
1: i've had white privilege my whole life which it's bizarre because I'm not white. So, mm. my parents are olive skinned, and I've had that white privilege my entire life. So, people just assume that I am a white British person, they don't mm. think I'm Maltese. So, I've benefited this whole world of, you know, having white skin and people coming up to me and going, Your hair's beautiful, your skin's beautiful. Um, and treated me, and I'm full well knowing that if I looked differently, they wouldn't be treating me this way. So... That must be a really interesting
2: perspective, especially growing up and seeing how people treated your parents differently.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, my my younger sister is stupidly slim and tall and dark brown hair and dark skin. Um, She looks like she just walked out of, like, a beach (sighs) catalogue. And then there's me looking adopted as heck like in the middle of this family um and you know my mom used to get all the questions of when did you adopt is she yours did you cheat um like all, all the all these really personal questions that you shouldn't want to ask someone
2: uh um, way way too personal right
0: yeah
1: I mean just like the whole world of having this condition has really weird personal questions I've had classmates at university call me up at 3 o'clock in the morning and ask me what colour my pubes are I've yes. had people touch yeah I've had people touch my hair I've had people lift my arm to see my armpit hair I've had people take off my glasses to stare at my eyes Like it, it, people don't have a sense of respect or what's personal and that just blows my mind
2: it's really <laughs> like, fucked it up it
1: really really does
2: yeah, it's almost as if because you provide them with something that they've never engaged with before, they have full rights to just have rights over you and not even consider yeah. you as a human being. What is it about the human psyche where if, we, if we've never experienced a person that looks the way they do before, we assume they're not a person?
1: Exactly. It's, you know, it's, it's a topic that Talitha speaks about as well when um, she was talking about people touching her hair. Mm. and people going oh it's a big like fluffy afro I want to touch it it's the exact same premise it's a knowledge thing it's an understanding thing Mm. and I am the biggest advocate in the world that knowledge is power
2: I agree you
1: are learning at every stage whether it's like your personality whether it's life whether it's performance whether it's your job whether it's family anything you're still learning and I have no issue in the world with someone asking me a question even if it's a little bit personal and well, I'll answer it truthfully, i want to teach people and help them understand. But there is a limit between wanting to learn and understand and being a
2: dick. <laughs> yeah,
1: 100%. <laughs> There's a 100%. I line.
2: was reading about this today. There's a term called sea lining. Have you heard of it? Mm-hmm. It comes from a cartoon from the 2000s. And it's about basically someone who's asking questions or like trying to debate with a person or it seeming to be asking questions, interestedly, but actually they're just trolling you because they're not gonna take on board anything you say, they're just but being oh over polite. And then therefore they win the debate by being like, oh, I'm being really polite and you've started ignoring me, therefore I've won this debate. It's a bizarre That's thing of trolling. I know, it's really, really, I learned about it today. So yeah, people with their questions, they don't always have the good intentions behind them. You know, people that want to genuinely learn I'm not questioning because so
1: many like interactions I've had. <laughs>
2: <laughs> same likewise because I've explained feminism to so many people but have I just been like taken ridicule for like I, it's outrageous and it's it's fucked oh. up hmm
1: that really makes you think oh my god it like, does
2: so it's what? so important to kind of <laughs> conserve your energy and judge who, but it's so hard to judge who's genuinely interested right yeah yeah
1: I mean it's a difficult thing because I also know so many people I know so many people with my my disability and none of them want to speak up or none of them feel like they can. I mean, this was proven recently. Um, for those that don't know, I had an Instagram account. It didn't have that many followers, but it meant a lot to me. It's how I made my money. It's yeah, it's my thing. It's, it's my baby. It's my you world. made
2: that. You made it's that.
1: My little baby. <laughs> my little baby. Um, and it got taken down because uh, there has been a trend over the last seven years of um how to do your makeup like an albino or how to dress up as an albino for halloween or which uh, believe it or not google it it's there there are tutorials wow. on how to be an albino for halloween Awful. my favorite um uh, like would you blackface for halloween would you dress up as someone with down syndrome absolutely for halloween no one, no right <laughs> what um what fuck, I I, i'm not gonna um i'm not gonna say her name because i wish absolutely No hate on this person, you should never, ever, ever send hate. Um, But she represents a very, very well-known company in the makeup industry. Mm. Um, She put up a tutorial on uh, doing makeup as if you were an albino rat, which to us, uh, yes, I understand that the animal can have the disability and very commonly does, um, but it is a comparison that we have on the daily from people calling us white rats and albino rats and like i've had that thousands of times so to us it 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 just really hits a really nasty note um and i put a little comment on there just saying you know it's a beautiful look i really appreciate you know the time and the the skill that went into this but it can it, it isn't sitting right with me as someone with a disability and i got thousands of Hate messages and nasty messages telling me that I wasn't disabled, that I didn't have the condition, mm. that I'm there was nothing wrong with it, that I was just being this, that nasty. Um, and then I put up a short paragraph, not referencing the situation, just saying, "Hey, I'm disabled. This is my disability." And Instagram took my page down. And then when I asked why, that's the post they sent me. So I just had a bombardment of um, reports, not even on my sex work. <laughs> How not even on a single I? picture of my booty. My booty was <laughs> fine. My teeth were <laughs> fine. It was just a paragraph saying I was disabled. And that you know, was my last job both with Instagram and with <laughs> with the makeup world. Mm. I'm not stepping into that makeup guru craziness.
2: Mm.
1: It's it's toxic <laughs> as heck.
2: It does seem but, it, Yeah,
1: yeah. It's you know, it's just another form of people not being educated and a mixture of education and trolling and this weird internet world that we live in where everyone feels like they can say whatever they want just because they're behind a screen yeah you know if this was in real life none of them would have an argument so
2: no if somebody had that argument in a bar then they would 100 they just wouldn't they just wouldn't engage in it I find it so paradox, like a paradox that people are posting these insensitive, uneducated things on the internet when they literally are on the internet, which is a wealth of knowledge. People can just (laughs) Google whether something's a fake. Exactly. I use Google all the time to check my language, check my privilege, be like, oh, wait, have I just assumed that that doesn't exist or assume that most people have it that way? And it's so important for humans to realize their experience is not universal. And it seems that... the the albumism community really really doesn't have does it have any like well-known spokespeople that you would say or would you say that it lacks that oh we have
1: none i mean we have yeah you know as a community there are a few people that are in the in the spotlight um there's quite a few people now going into modeling and um television and all that jazz i mean Mm. i'm as far as anyone knows i am the only um burlesque performer in the world that has the condition which is like a big statement Mm. um but there's some people kind of coming out of the woodwork but even then it seems to be such a controversial topic that so many people feel like they have a strong opinion about even though they either don't know about the condition or you know again does it cross into race or does it cross into like um a disability or Mm. it's a really really strange one and I mean, there's something called the Albinism Fellowship, which is an amazing, amazing group who um, bring the world's community of people with albinism together of every age. They do workshops with parents. They do workshops with children. Um, they teach and they educate. And it, it's stuff like that that kind that gives us a voice within our community, but it's just getting that voice outside of the community. That's a difficult thing. I yeah. mean, I posted something the other day saying, you know just have a little thought about all the people that can't go outside right now because even though everyone's going oh it's quarantine I can still put my legs out the window and I can still sunbathe in my garden and I can still go to the park like I can't do that even with sun cream even with a hat even with clothing I still cannot go outside right now
2: really so unsafe
1: yeah so every year my whole life when it gets to hot summer I'm stuck indoors and it doesn't matter what I do I have to be inside, and
0: that's,
1: it's that's like crazy, a mini quarantine every year. Yeah. So I'm
2: like, just think about it. <laughs> it's,
1: just
0: think
2: I was. About ab- it. I had I was about to ask you because that's something that I would never have even like thought about, considered before. I guess because I suppose I've never thought to ask or I've never experienced that <laughs> problem. Obviously, it's a level of privilege. What are some things that you wish the world knew about albinism? Like, just some Ooh. really really facts that would be like you have no idea this but this happens to me or this has happened cool.
1: oh i got them up my sleeve so sure. um people with albinism do not have red eyes it can happen it is super 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 rare um almost everyone with the condition has blue eyes so mm. the reason why the eye appears red is not the coloring, it's the iris itself is see through. So, what you see that's red is actually the blood in the eye. So, you're looking directly at like blood and muscle. That's Ooh. why it's red. So, if you put like a torch on my eye, then mm-hmm. it will go red because it goes, it, it's very, very thin. Um, sun cream. So, we all have um, prescribed sun cream from a doctor that is, I think it's 90. Yeah, factor 90, and wow. that's still not enough. So we cannot go outside if it's too hot. We cannot, you know, put on a jacket, sun cream, and a hat and call it a day. That ain't gonna do shit. <laughs> um, what else? We, as a community, um, are actually a lot larger than you think. It's one in eight people are born with a condition if both parents have the gene, which is actually really, really common. Um, Amazing. I didn't know There that are actually know. blind schools um, all around the country that most people with albinism end up going to, and that's why you don't really see them in mainstream schools. A lot of the time, um, people with the condition are homeschooled or do end up going to a blind school. I think Worcester School for the Blind um, is one that quite a few of my friends go to. Mm. Um, it's... There's so many weird things about the condition. God damn it. <laughs> um, hair. Not everyone has um, white hair. A lot of people have ginger hair. Um, this can be because of their ethnic background. So um, I went to school with three children who had the condition, who um, all came from an Indian background. So all of their hair was this bright orange. Mm. Um, so it's not always noticeable. Just saying, like, you don't, you don't have the condition because you don't like this. Doesn't make a lot of sense because there's so many different variations. Um, Vision. So I do makeup every single day. Thank you. Thank you. Um, And everyone says like, oh, you can't be blind because you do makeup. How can you do that? Um, They do not know that I went to six years of blind makeup classes and that I used to have to put braille on all of my makeup. And that all my brushes had braille on them and that it took me years and years and years to do everything tactile with my fingers and learn um i can't see anything past like my hand if i hold it against my nose even then there's no detail so mm. everything i do has been learned and has been taught to my to me so that i can cope better so again if someone says i'm visually impaired and you see them like Making a cup of coffee like it's no one's business. Yeah. Don't be like, you ain't blind. You're making a cup of coffee just fine. Like, honey, you, you, you never know.
2: 10 million what's times. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> How <laughs> many things. Thing that any invisible
1: illness.
2: Right. Exactly. How many people must do things on autopilot every day and then they just don't even consider the fact that people are, have managed to get through their lives and they've developed ways to live their lives as normally as possible because the world is not friendly towards disabilities? Let's mm-hmm. face
1: it. Oh, God, no. My whole life it's been, you know, having a teacher next to me, reading a board, every piece of equipment I've ever owned from kitchen knives to calculators to books um, have had to be enlarged or specially made or, you know, even doing exams as a kid. If I had a diagram in a maths exam, mm. it had to be on lifted paper and it had to be 3D so I could feel it. Like every little thing in your life you take for granted, like sitting an exam or cooking a meal or going outside to the shop like I can't read packaging I can't read signs I can't read like is the shop closed I don't know <laughs> so <laughs> I could just be knocking on the shop door for four days <laughs> like <laughs> it, it's things like that that people don't notice I mean like I'm a fire performer that scares a lot of people um but with my insurance and myself I I don't do certain tricks. so I don't fire breathe mm. and I don't fire breathe a reason because mm-hmm. I it's stupid as heck <laughs> for me to try and fire breathe not being able to see that's to a judge, dumb thing to, to do. judge
2: a distance yeah. to the ceiling it would be a bit tricky I can I can see why <laughs> exactly <laughs>
1: so there's certain things I limit myself to because I know that it's not safe for me and I know it's not safe for others but I still know there's some things I can do and there's some things that I can teach myself to do so a lot of people you know don't judge people from what you see until right. you know when you've learned and you've spoken to people and that's for everything yeah that's for absolutely everything
2: yeah people just assume if they couldn't do it with their eyes closed then a, a, bl- a person with blindness probably couldn't do it you know like it's just it's it's yeah. again that universal experience of humans being like well i couldn't do it therefore you can't no honey people manage to get through the world and <laughs> and i think what you said earlier about the schooling being separate is definitely a huge yeah factor in people being uneducated because people just don't see um Mm -hmm. people with disabilities getting on with their daily lives and and if they do it's at a later time where they've managed as you say to have created a life that works for them and and it works seamlessly for them so people don't see all the extra effort that goes in
1: they don't honestly i you know what i recommend um volunteering with a charity especially things like RNIB and Victor um, and all those types of things, because you will be able to see how people with a disability live mm. and you'll be able to help. And you know, these families can't go on normal vacations because it's not adaptable for their children or they don't have the time because they're working to look after their children's equipment or paying for their children's equipment. And it, on, it made such a difference to me and my mum when I was a child and it made such a difference to so many other families. It, it's absolutely insane and mm. it's the equivalent of going to like any type of shelter or community or or charity and just doing that couple of free hours but like, you get a free holiday out of it you're still doing fun things on this holiday so Yeah, not like you're just doing all work you gotta <laughs> oh,
2: <laughs> really oh my god sign me up yeah
1: <laughs> it's so fun you so get a fun, fun. free weekend it's it's so so fun I oh love my God. it so. Ramona, much, but... take
2: me, let's go and do one together. I love Adventure Holidays.
1: Yes, yes, please. It's so fun. And they're into in. the like the woods, oh nature! You to do, like kayaking. Ah, and uh, it's so amazing. Let's I go. Let's um, go. <laughs> it's so fun. Me and you are both nature nerds, so this yes. is that would be like the We thing.
2: are we were nerding um, out about plants, weren't we? <laughs> Anyway, carry don't on. don't get don't distract me with uh,
1: plans now. <laughs> <laughs> plans always come into our minds at some point. <laughs> um, but it's you know it's an amazing 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 thing. I mean the the Worcester School. Two mm. of my friends went. So uh, one of my best friends since birth. Um, she is actually an actress. She was one of the leads in a Doctor Who episode. I think over a year ago. That's fucking um, awesome. That's she's huge. completely mind she went to that school she trained as a performer um she's gone out and done stuff my other friend who um is an amazing amazing girl she lost both her eyes at the age of eight to cancer um and she ended up going to this school and she was there from the age of 10 to 20 um and I visited her quite a few times. And they just have a group of children that are blind living in a house together. And they have to look after each other and oh. do everything for each other. And it's the funnest, cutest thing ever because they're so That's supportive. So and they, you know, they all get each other. And then watching them have a fight. I like I shouldn't laugh about this. But my <laughs> my friend had a fight with her boyfriend. And watching her try and storm out of a room <laughs> while being guided was my favourite thing in the world. And she she <laughs> allows me to tell that story. Um I, oh, That's so I love, beautiful I and human.
2: How, what a thing to take <laughs> for granted! Of, of able people to take for granted is being able to storm out of room, being able to express your emotions, you know, in a way that, oh God, that, yeah. that people would understand. It goes so deep within your life. Yeah,
1: you can't swing your arms if you're mad because you don't know if you're going to hit someone. Yeah, you can't storm out somewhere. You can't go and find a chair to sit on. Like, it's it's daily little things that mm. are absolutely just. Bizarre to me. Yeah. Um, and they're things that I've put hours in. I mean, when I was at school, I had crossing the road lessons. I was taken out of school once a week to walk up and down my local roads, and I had a man whistle behind me to tell me if I was doing it correctly. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Thank you, all lucky stars, sighted people, that you didn't have crossing the road lessons. Absolutely. That's,
2: that's something I'd never even knew existed.
1: Exactly, neither did I, until so I had a man whistling behind me.
2: But... <laughs> yeah! <laughs> wow, so that, those <laughs> kind of just, things, they're supposed to make, like those, things, so, so, those sorts of things are supposed to make your life easier, but mm-hmm. do you think, do they think, do you think that there are things <laughs> we could improve? I don't know why, I've stripped everyone on the sentence so many times. <laughs> what do you think could be improved about the way we bring up people with disabilities?
1: Um, I think that's an interesting question. I mean people with disabilities are exactly the same as Mm. everybody else just because my disability is physical does not mean someone doesn't have an emotional one or a mental one or you know some people don't even have a diagnosed disability but they really struggle with something and you know that's for them their thing that they have to overcome so Mm. Talking about things openly, um, I am super, super loud with mine. I will walk into a room and the first sentence I say is, hello, my name is Ramona. I am disabled. Nice to meet you. So making it as as open and simple of a conversation as, hey, how are you today? is like, I'm disabled. What do you want to know about it? Like, That's cool. It shouldn't have to be this really awkward conversation of, I struggle to pour a bowl of cereal for 20 minutes. And then someone finally goes, do you
2: need help with that? can you see
1: like just say it just say yeah it.
2: <laughs> yeah I was gonna say as a person um a person that could help you if you're in a position what would what would be like an appropriate way for somebody to offer help
1: always ask so just ask. um my the best way I can explain this is um when I get stressed, my eyesight decreases drastically, um, especially in low lighting. And I was at a disgrace event um, performing with the Scarlet Girls, and my <laughs> disgrace had been my dream for about a year at that point. As in, I would cry, cry over like even the idea of performing with disgrace, <laughs> and I was so nervous and so kind of i put so much pressure on myself that my vision just went Mm. and i was sat backstage with all the girls and i was completely blind there was no light no shade nothing and i had never been in a uh, a group of people that have been so supportive and so like hey what do you need what can i do what can i get for you and the one thing that i this is why i remember it so much is that every single one of you Mm. introduced yourselves before you spoke really did we that meant the world the worst thing as someone with vision is everyone talking and you're like who is everyone what what like what are people asking where's that sound coming from who's that every single one of you went hi it's b or hi it's dalitha or hi it's becca and like said who you were and Mm -hmm. then spoke and said how can i help what can i do that made I've never had that experience, and it was the best thing in the world.
2: Uh, awesome! <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't even so clock much. that at the time, but that's that's so wonderful that you remember that. I love that. I'm really proud of my team as well. <laughs> our, our family, I should I say now, because we are a little family, aren't we?
1: It was amazing. Like I think I remember someone got me a bottle of water, someone else was giving me a straight hug. You bless you were trying to do your makeup at the same time. So you were like, I wanna help you, but I need to get ready, but I wanna help you.
2: (laughs) I know I kept running around. I kept like sending people on missions. It was it was it was a crazy (laughs) area as well. That was a crazy disgrace. And I was like, Oh, 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 but you was just you were obviously our priority because we care about you and we love you.
1: This is what humans need to be like. Absolutely. Like it's so
2: easy. I honestly didn't... I I was stressed as hell. It's my own event. And I could have quite easily been like, I'm so stressed. I can't deal with this. But it took just even a yeah. moment of being like, you know what? My event's important. But also my friend here is important. And she's having a hard time. Yeah. Just taking that second out of your day. Just to... Because you, I know that the world's not friendly towards you. And it's definitely not going to help mm-hmm. you get home. So somebody has to. So and you're my friend. Therefore it's just instinct and I love that it comes out in our team I think that's fucking rad I,
1: I really enjoy that as someone else that like you ran a company you've been part of companies I, I also run a company I would so much rather everybody else a night mm. than one person had a traumatic awful night I, I would so. so much rather say I'm really sorry guys you are continue in five minutes but like I need to look after this person I'm like we've all been in that situation even out clubbing with friends and yeah. you've all had to like end the night because of one person and I'd so much rather do that than have that one person go through shit
2: so many times at disgrace we've had one person on the door and they've been abandoned by their friends and we've had to look after them and I find it so upsetting even an able-bodied able-minded able person who would have been fine. It's just horrendous that their friends have left them. Human beings just don't exactly. seem to care. And it, it really makes me sad. Although we care, so, you know.
1: <laughs> I mean, humans are made to naturally be selfish because we need to look out for ourselves and we need mm. to you know, look after ourselves. And, and, but, you know, why does that have to define our behavior? Just because we want to look after ourselves and we want to make sure that we're okay and put ourselves first. Does that mean that
0: we always have to do that? Yeah. Like, I don't. Hold up.
1: I don't know spiritually I feel like we all need to get on the same level as humans we all need to be gosh darn kind (laughs)
2: we do I think we've lost that kind of humanity that kind of sort of spiritual as you say connection to other forms of life people don't respect life anymore I think
1: no they really don't they uh, are it's bizarre to me you know I see god knows how many things on Facebook every day um in the performance
2: community and I just think you know Stop! <laughs> yeah,
1: Please. Absolutely, people being nice to each other.
2: There's there's bigger problems. I mean, I mean, people being mean to each other is uh, it's so it's so upsetting. But like within the performance world, there's things that we could be working together towards together,
1: such as of course,
2: yeah. Ramona, I was going to ask you, how do you feel about accessibility in venues? Because obviously, you throw events, you've been to events, yeah. you must have some things to say on this.
1: Oh my god! Okay, poof. I understand that not every single venue is going to be disabled accessible. I get that because the person running that event, it may have been the only venue that was free. It may have been the cheapest venue. It may have been, you know, uh, the only venue they could get hold of. I'm not blaming the person. I'm blaming the people that build the damn venues. I have so many friends that cannot go clubbing because there is no lift. There is no um, rails. There's no... Um, Slopes, so automatically, wheelchairs getting carried everywhere. What do you not want people doing in a nightclub? A group of drunk people carrying a man on wheels. Oh my. That God. ain't gonna end well. No. With wet floors. I don't want drunk people not, carrying any human beings. No. <gasps> exactly. Imagine drunk people carrying on a wet, slippery floor up stone steps a group like someone in a wheelchair. Oh. That's not
2: gonna end well. <laughs> Never. I,
1: <laughs> like think about it it's it horrible. makes me think about I mean, that episode
2: of sex education have you seen sex education no do you know what oh, oh my god I'm, uh, i so recommend the
1: worst it worst person with tv and film <laughs> oh
2: watch it i highly recommend it carry on oh cool.
1: um i mean think about face down for example is an amazing 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 night it's cracking again go to it after lockdown um <laughs> but my god there are so many stairs in that building. It is Amazing. one of the most inaccessible buildings I've ever friggin' been in. It's very um, dangerous. Constant wet stairs. And in... Oh, that sounds like euthamism. Um <laughs> And... <laughs> constant wet stairs. And I'm, you know, in performance shoes or I'm just in regular shoes, that's not safe for someone with visual impairments. That's not safe for anyone. Yeah. Um, and I think it's also another thing where um did you know the organisation um make gigs safe for women
2: oh yes i do i love them
1: yes so i absolutely adore them um i have spoken to them so many times at different events mm. um and it's almost the same premise of like make gigs safe for disabled people yeah it's the same premise of like in a mosh pit please be aware if there's a guy in a wheelchair don't batter him if there's a girl holding a cane don't batter her like just think about it. Or maybe right. if there's a mosh pit starting and you see someone with a blind cane, maybe just say to them hey look, there's a mosh pit going on would you like to be involved? If not can I please move you to the side for safety reasons? Don't just leave them standing there thinking they're having a great time and then watch them yeah. get floored. Yeah. Like,
2: and don't just like move them as well.
1: Yeah, that's the worst thing. People, that's the other thing about drunk people, they like to touch, they like oh. to grab things, they like to Put their hands on your face and like Mm. question everything and like play with your blind cane and use it like a sword and like drunk people are the worst with disabilities yeah um that's another reason why i've kind of stopped going clubbing or if i do i don't bring my equipment yeah um, because it's gonna get broken and that's expensive equipment man
2: (laughs) yeah i'm not
1: i'm not wasting money
2: it must be so frustrating because it must happen to you in clubs, but it must happen to you in daily life as well.
1: Oh God, yeah, every yeah. single day. If, oh, it's just the world is not made to be accessible. Venues aren't made to be accessible. Clubs aren't made to be accessible. Transport isn't made to be accessible. They claim it is, but my God, it's not. No. Um, oh, everything. I mean, did you know that every um, a, a bus driver, if they see someone with a blind cane. Um, they are legally meant to stop regardless of that bus stop and open the door and say hi where are you going <gasps> if not where are you trying to go to and the name of the bus oh, in wow. 10 years of using a blind cane i have not once had a bus driver do that to me really there have been t- there's a video that someone with um with a visual impairment put up and it's a video of them stood at a bus stop for five hours and it's a time lapse of five hours and yes. not one bus stops to oh. ask where they want to go. What the fuck? Or like, and then As I'm late everywhere.
2: Yeah, absolutely. How the, how the hell is this person supposed to know that the bus is coming? That's so unfair. Yeah. And it would take the bus driver literally moments of his time. Again, it's, it's just, it's the perceived inconvenience of helping someone. But how awful must yeah. it be to be that person stood there with the visual impairment I've for been fired
1: from jobs for being late. I can't, really? I can't drive. The only way I have to get around is bus. Mm. I have been fired from girls being late. I miss appointments. I miss very important doctor's appointments for my disability because bus
2: drivers are lazy bitches. <laughs> like, you <laughs> gonna be
1: open about it. That's I, something I've never, ever, ever experienced it. Uh,
2: that's not, that's a knock-on that I'd never even consider because obviously we all know it's illegal to fire a person with a disability as one of the nine protected characteristics of the uh-huh. Equality Act. But... If the activities and, and, and consequences of people not helping you, or the world not being being friendly or suitable for you to access, that that is not protected, mm-hmm. is it? It's not at all. It's not at all. There are so many things in this world
1: that that people claim are fair, and people, you know, with every aspect of work with sex work with disabilities, with race, with sexism, especially mm. sexism. There's so many things that people claim. You know, things have been put in place to make it more fair or things have been put in place to make things easier. And that's such a lie because they might have been put in place. That doesn't necessarily mean they work. Mm. There's a big difference between having something in place and having something in place that works. Yeah. And it just angers me so much. Like, I think it's really irrelevant, but kind of not. Ages Mm. ago, you can sit with us um we were talking about mps Mm. and i remember this you said that um to become an mp i think it was they had to get a letter from their doctor stating something about their mental health
2: yeah and then we
1: both yeah and then you were like oh but some of the mps are actually doctors so they just go to those mps yeah and like get a letter from them it's an exclusive club exactly there's a form in place for something to happen Mm -hmm. but then there's a way around it so it never ends up happening and it's the same thing so you know it's in every single thing we do you know from ordering takeaway they say this is accessible because you can you can read it because it's large print and uh, it's just everything everything's effort in the world why do you think it's,
2: it's, it's a similar thing whereas people don't consult the people who these changes are supposed to make it more accessible too. They just kind of assume it will make it better for you, but I, they don't actually ask you. Same as with sex workers. They're like, this will oh, protect yeah. this will protect you. But actually, we have never asked any of you. So we have no idea. Ha-ha. Yep. It's, oh. it's so
1: often. I mean, one of the fun things is when I was um, a really young kid, I was asked to come in for BBC Bite size um, and actually look at their website and tell them, you know, what didn't work for my vision. And they that's, actually changed it. That's amazing. That was amazing as a kid. Um, right. You know, I was on television when I was a, <laughs> I was on television when I was about thirteen, no, twelve years old. I was on CBBC. I'm not going to say which show because everyone will go and Google it, and it's oh, embarrassing no. as hell. And, <laughs> um, and it was really cool because everything we said, "Hey, we need this adapted or we need this changed," they did it. That's you know, okay. and that was really cool. But then there were some things where like you said, with like sex work stuff, they just go, this will help them, and never ask anyone
2: (gasps) that's so fucked up have you had any positive experiences similar in your adult life, or was it just more when you were kind of a minor and you were trying to learn to get around the world Um,
1: I think I had a lot of positive as a kid because I was cute (laughs) Um, (laughs) I I mean, you're still cute, you're adorable (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was a small chubby blonde ball of of flubber with big round glasses and a big blonde bob and I had a cute little lisp and everyone loved me. Yeah. So I feel like everyone was super sweet because I was that cute little disabled kid. Mm. Now I feel like I have to fight more purely because I don't feel like my I don't feel like my disability is as obvious as it mm. used to be when I was a kid. Um so automatically people think I'm more advanced at stuff. But saying that, I have some really, really sweet moments with either other people with a disability or, you know, I'll be having a meltdown and my partner, Frank, will say something really sweet about it. Or um, even just walking into a room. (sighs) Okay, the the way I see it is the best feeling is feeling like you don't have it. Mm. And that's not saying I don't want to feel like I have it. That's not saying like there's something wrong with feeling it, but when you don't feel like you have it, you know, you're on an equal playing ground with everyone you're with. So when I have a conversation, like when I go to the, you can sit with us and we'd all sit there. I didn't feel like I was disabled because I felt like everyone in that room was on an equal playing ground. And that's the best feeling when you feel like everyone's equal, everyone understands each other. And then I left and I took that feeling with me for a good couple of hours and I felt friggin' banging about myself. So That's awesome. it's little situations like that. I, and I think everyone feels that, whether it's their mental health, whether it's um, their job, just everyone's had that moment where they've been with a group of people and they, felt they haven't felt judged or they haven't felt like they have to keep up appearances or they haven't felt like they have to keep up, up a persona or they don't feel different. And they can just sit there and be like, cool we're all the same and be happy with it. That's so fucking
2: nice. And that's how I
1: kind of judge, like, friendships as well. Yeah. Which is quite
2: easy. Do you, do you find yourself so. to be quite insightful? I suppose you've had to be very, very cautious with friendships throughout your life.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I had no friends growing up. Or very, 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 very little. Mm. Um, and the few, the very few I had... um you know I was very different from them so it was almost I was bullied a lot throughout my whole life and the friends that I did have it wasn't friends because we had anything in common or we you know could do anything together it was more just we were the loners we're going to be together Mm. which is sad reality for a lot of people um and on top of that the fact that I was extremely sexually active (laughs) for most of my childhood um which don't do it kids don't do it. Wait till
2: you're 18.
1: Stop it. Don't be
2: nice. <laughs> um, I, was, I was quite a hypersexual uh, child, which is weird because I've am way less sexual as I get older. It's interesting, isn't it?
1: Same. Mm. Literally same. Mm. I think it's also, ha- being a sex worker, it kind of, it
2: roots you a little bit. So you still express that sexual tension in more of a positive way. I was having this discussion the other day because I've managed to, sep- I suppose sex workers separate sexual thought with sexual actions because I can be acting sexy and be thinking about what I'm having for dinner. Thank you. I'm That's so it, glad right?
1: someone else has friggin said it. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, I <laughs> have this conversation with my partner all the time. So, um, a question that everyone asks me is like, but surely like you, you could just film yourself having regular sex. And I'm like, there's such a big difference between work sex. And oh my personal God. sex." Yes. Thank you. It's so different. It yes. isn't just a matter of like just having a wank on a camera and being like, cool, done. I had a good time. Yeah. There's showmanship. It there's planning to it. it. I cannot tell you the amount of time I literally made a whipping video yesterday with my boyfriend, and he was whipping me. and I literally was lying there going, I'm pretty sure the pork in the fridge is going to go off tomorrow, so we're <laughs> gonna have to cook that tomorrow. <laughs> like, that's what you do. And I think it's also, you know, it's another thing that I think me and you have in common mm. is um, our superpower, as you like to call it. Yes, our um, awesome superpower. Yes, autism power, punching the, yeah, woo. And I <laughs> punching think that, in the social norms. <laughs> <laughs> punching that autism into people's throats, woo. Yes. Um, but I think it's like something that we also share where we have so many, I think you will agree, we have so many thoughts going on
2: and okay. the minute a
1: thought comes into your head, you want to like, you want to throw it out there, you want to say it uncensored, you're like, this is my thought, take it or leave it, fucking deal yeah. with it. There's, a, up, lot, there's a, a lot, there's a lot in there, I've,
2: I've got to get them out
1: exactly or you interrupt people or like you talk over people because you're like this is my idea i'm gonna say it yeah i do all the time Mm -hmm. and then people think you're rude or you're narcissistic or like you're just like interrupting people Mm -hmm. and you're like no i'm just a lovely person with ideas but yeah i just didn't really that social
2: norm doesn't stick in my head the waiting your turn i just never learned it it doesn't occur to me it's not in my exactly my neurodivergent brain it just i just don't have it sorry about it but if you want to be my friend you kind of (laughs) got to deal with it you know what i mean
1: that's going to make this whole podcast really confusing for everyone, because it's going to be me and you having this weird autism throwing out word thing, and no one else is going to understand what's going on. I um, like ad over all my stops. guests,
2: it's so bizarre. I'm always like, yeah, <laughs> awesome, Brad. <laughs> it's like a fucking song. <laughs> Radical, great. <laughs>
1: but that never stops, and I think, like, during sex work especially, it's still there. Yeah. It's not like with most people where you can just focus on it. Mm. we still have those things going on in our brain we're still like "Ooh, is it sunny outside Ooh, what's for dinner mm, I wonder if my shower gel's run out of date like yeah, we still 100%. have those things in our head all the time and I we can't stop it it's so. given us an
2: advantage it definitely has in a way that I think I've I've also been so much more aware of my thoughts you know like I'm always aware oh, of them and I I feel like I've always had training or self-training to like manage them because they are unmanageable without training like obviously yep, so it's another that. it's another great way we've learned to compartmentalize from from a young age and then also being oh, hypersexual yeah. we were like hey these two things work really well together
1: sex works so true yeah and I think there's also I you know I can't speak for you because everyone experiences things differently mm. um but I always found that I either had really, really strong personal emotional connections with things, or I had none. Yep. It was one or the other. Mm-hmm. It was never in the middle. So, for me, I, all I had to do was take sex work from the personal and just shove it in the non. That's Same. all I had to do. I was having, I was having bad sex
2: like with no feelings for free, and I was like, wait. I'm gonna get paid. I <laughs>
1: feel that. I so feel that. that I, you know, I actually went to a doctor when I was younger. Um, I was about 18, and I went to a doctor, and I said, I'm having sex with people and I feel nothing, I feel no stimulation, I feel no feeling at all, yeah. I don't get wet, I don't do anything, it's nothing's happening, why is nothing happening? Mm. Exactly, and he's like, oh, you're just not putting emotional connection with it, and I was like, hold up, <laughs> I was like, wait, what, is that normal? And yeah. he was like, yeah, that's, that, that's normal with you, your condition, and then over the years, I've just learned to use that
2: to my, you know, my, my advantage, advice. I'm and st- now I
1: can enjoy personal sex, yeah. but I also have this weird
2: other side that isn't. 100%. I was literally journaling about this this morning. I'm trying to, after a, 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 a bit of an abusive, I'll say a bit of, I try and play it down. I don't know why, do so it was a horribly abusive relationship. And Don't I, play it down, gub Be yeah. honest. I still, so still, still I still, protect my abuser. How crazy is that? <clears throat> I'm still Stockholm Syndrome. Stop it! I know, it was brutal. Nasty. It was brutal. And I, I've had to reattach intimate sex again. I've had to like relearn it again because it, it's not a natural thing yeah. to me. And it was taken away and I, I took it away as a coping mechanism, as a defense to protect myself. Mm-hmm. So I managed to protect myself yeah. from the sexual side of the abuse, but it now means I have this extra work to put it back together again, which is something that I think mm-hmm. people, a lot of people could never even comprehend. I actually spoke about it on another podcast recently. Like people just don't see how we can separate it out. But to me, it's always been that way
1: yeah exactly and it's 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 a coping mechanism that was almost there that no one really noticed so yeah. we were probably using it before we even knew it was a coping mechanism 100 So i mean i you know i i never ever 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 like to compare abuse or or traumatic situations because there is no comparison people that, try right? to compar- people that try and comparison them are stupid as hair yeah. um but you can at least try and relate and mm. i mean i've been through traumatic experiences I've had things done to me that, like, "Mm -hmm, hell no. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know that I was putting those things into place until years after I look back in it and I go, that was traumatic, but, like, I feel like that should have affected me more. And then I was like, oh, wow, I was putting those steps in without even noticing. Oh, my God. So you're you're right, we cannot turn it off. It's just there.
2: Yeah, it's the default neuro... It's the default setting for us, whereas for for neurotypical people it's the other way around and that's too- I feel like that's quite common. I feel it's very common. I find it interesting how people consider autism, because I consider it a superpower, uh, a a Mm -hmm. disability because it's literally just a difference of brain. It's a spectrum, right? Yeah. But that's kind of the same with with albinism.
1: It's not a disability, it's a difference of of physical Mm. stuff. Yeah. They're all it's just differences. It's not like a disability variety. is just the word for different.
2: Yeah, it, I feel it's like exactly. true. disability should be used in a term as, as in the world makes me disabled because it means the world is not friendly towards me. Yeah, I, I'm not the one that's broken. The world is just not made for me, right?
1: Exactly. Hmm. And it's 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 one of those weird things. Like the world likes putting labels on things. Yeah. Um, That's all it is. The world likes putting labels on gender. The world likes putting labels on sexuality. The world likes putting labels on jobs and disabilities and all that Mm -hmm. jazz. So it's just another name for a difference. And like I said at the very start, people struggle with things that might not be a diagnosed disability, but it's still something that they really, really, really struggle with. Mm -hmm. So it's just one of those things. I mean, like, I had autism my whole life, and I wasn't diagnosed until I was, what, 20?
2: Yeah, like so. Uh, adult adult because you know? in girls it also the symptoms are, are very different and especially it just in the, it depends on your social circumstances your, your privilege mm-hmm. stuff like that you know some people will probably never receive a diagnosis
1: yeah i think me and you we as women and both as people we we almost adapted quite quickly through our our lives and because i think it's also part of being a performer you're very aware of of the people around you because that's how you perform you create characters that way the and empathy. create acts that way mm. exactly and you're very aware of people's energy and, and behavior mm. because that's how you work as a performer because you then embody that on stage yeah. so I think me and you were very hyper aware throughout our lives and we we learned very quickly and that's probably another reason why it was so difficult to diagnose is because me and you we fit in pretty down well when you yeah. would necessarily go that person has autism.
2: I think it's a stereotype for autism is that they lack empathy or they lack emotional um, maturity or something but I think yeah. again, it, again that exhibits so differently person to person because my younger brother is also autistic but I would say his emotional mm-hmm. intelligence is very high and that's because I think my parents focused on it when they were growing up so I think mm-hmm. it's just another instance of the world is not working on behalf of those children.
1: That's really true. Yeah. That's really, really true. Uh, it's another one of those things where, like, there's something in place mm. to help people with it, but does it work? Yep. No. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's just another it's one been of those over- situations.
2: And it's been the same way for so many years. I feel like ugh, we invent- we've just invented uh, an internet connection that can tra- download 10,000 HD movies in a second, but we cannot revolutionise our political or educational system, which has literally been the same for, like, 100 years, more that angers me so much so, so
1: like a little fun fact about me yeah. i do not watch tv uh-huh. ever i do not like i cannot name you any modern television shows other than tiger king <laughs> um because all i watch is old tv shows and old films yeah my all i watch is like monty python blackadder um on the buses any carry on film anything gene wilder anything you know Drop Dead Fred, anything along those like bottom, anything along those lines. That's, that's all I cool. watch. and I watch it on repeat because that's what I enjoy. Mm. So, to me, I'm like fully unaware on what the heck's going on in the world, like TV and film wise. So when they're like, Damn. "There's a new broadband that's really great and you can have really quick Netflix," and I'm like, "I don't care. I don't give a fuck. am happy with my VHS of like the Holy Grail. I'm good with that. You enjoy your internet. Oh so my gosh, I and don't got a like, VHS player. Gain anything from it."
2: <laughs> huh? Have you still got your VHS player? Yeah. How do you still it wind got- your tapes back? Has it eaten any of your tapes? I remember that. But you the- know what? I very oh. rarely use it because I'm scared.
1: I'm yeah. so scared
2: of breaking. I'm
0: Pull so. It's out at my mum's
1: house, and it's all all the um, tapes just out. Oh, so yeah. scared. I even still at my mum's house. I have the original xbox with the original controller with the original halo and it's cool. literally my favorite thing ever that and the and the original rayman and zelda
2: i, mm. like, I love playing um, games i've got pokemon yellow up on my shelf and i just like playing it <laughs> so simple so not even
1: colored, not even colored. <laughs> it's great i feel like i've been like a 30 year old woman my whole life like when i was 12 <laughs> I had a DS and I had an interior design game. If that oh. doesn't explain what type of a person
2: I am. <laughs> I had the mystery game. What was the mystery one? And you had, and it was like black and white and you had to solve mysteries. I don't know. Oh
1: my God. It stop wasn't. it. I remember that. Did you play that? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. But I was that weird person that was like into serial killers and old like films and history and interior design and I was a 40 year old man in like a 10 year old's body <laughs> and that's still me so the thought of like I gain nothing from high-tech internet I gain other than you know sex work I gain nothing from these tv shows I gain nothing from all this money being spent but I do gain from the mental health system and the education system and all that jazz. so why is not like that affects a lot more people than all the other Everyone. stuff that money
2: is spent on 100%. I just don't get it. <laughs> why do why, why do people not want the world to be nice for everyone? I mean, I thought the point of being such an advanced civilization is we solved the problems that most mammals have, which is reproduction, yeah. food, shelter. We solved all those problems. Only to leave mm-hmm. some people without those problems solved. There's enough resources to solve those problems for everyone. We just choose not to. But
1: we just don't.
2: Right? Why not? Why not? do. I mean, I'm not advocating for <laughs> communism because that had its time and it fell. I'm not advocating for any yeah. current system that still exists. I'm just advocating oh, yeah. for people to do better. Right? Yeah. There is
1: nothing wrong with wanting to do better. As a, as a person, as a community, as mm. a government, there's nothing mm. wrong. I mean... Like I said earlier, knowledge is power, trial and error like gets you so many different places. Oh yeah. Even as a person in this like in the industry that we're in, even what, ten years down the line for you, you are still learning every day. I'm only two years in, I'm still learning every day. The mm. government is still learning every day. Yeah. But it's up to you whether you wanna apply that. And at the moment,
2: the government, lovingly, is mm. not. So Ramona, I have an interesting question know? for you. Mm -hmm. As a person who grew up with your disability and a visual impairment and probably a a world that wasn't very friendly towards you, um, what Mm -hmm. is your relationship with the process of learning? For example, obviously the process of learning involves failures, it involves setbacks. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think you have a more positive or at least a different relationship with the learning process due to the fact that the world was probably harder for you to learn things in anyway?
1: um yes and yes and no yeah i think i i have learned to learn things quicker mm. i think that's partly to do with my autism as well as my vision mm. because i i don't know about you i find myself a very logical person if Likewise. something doesn't make logical sense i get mad yeah like, I'm like that doesn't make the sense there's
2: no me. steps there's, there's a step missing
1: <laughs> you're missing 12 steps god damn it like i'll be in a friendship group and people will go let's go do this on wednesday and let's go to the, like the pool at three and then we'll go bowling at four and i'm like that makes no logical sense because this has to work for that to go and then people get mad at me because yeah, wow, become i'm being hell. a party people and i'm like no, i'm just trying logic. to make it easy mm.
2: it's easy i want an god easy damn it I don't
1: <laughs> want to help. yeah like that's how my brain works so if i'm in the middle of a of a situation and something isn't going right Because I'm a very logical person, I'm the first person to go, This is how we solve it. This is what we do. This makes the most sense. Mm. So that's always helped me to learn very, very quickly. I've always been, throughout my whole childhood in primary school and secondary school, you know, I was one of the top people in my class. I was the nerd. I was learning things very, very quickly. Um, Whereas things with my vision, Mm. I have to learn quickly. If I don't learn quickly, I, I can harm myself. I can end up in a difficult situation. You know, things can get dangerous or things just don't happen. If mm. I don't teach myself to cut apples, I can't eat an apple. If I don't cut my, teach myself to cook, I can't cook. So mm. you have to push yourself to learn very, very quickly. And then when you do fail, you have to continue. Otherwise, mm. you're, you're never going to be able to achieve this really normal everyday thing. Yeah whereas with performing because it's not a necessity and it's not something that i i need to do it's something that i want to do Mm. when i fail i feel you know i i have um also yay more problems bipolar and depression and anxiety so i can have an absolute meltdown and you know sit there and wallow away in self-hatred like i've i've, I've texted you one days and then like i want to stop this i don't know what to do
0: mm, I understand um, you.
1: so but that's not because it's something i need to do that's something
2: i want to do it's a passion so it's, you've got a different yeah. relationship with it for sure
1: if i'm passionate about something i normally have a very very negative reaction to failing mm. if it's something that like i need to learn this or i cannot live mm. then when i fail i'm like nope Got to get back up. Got to do it. Otherwise, I can't have dinner. Like That's
2: a, another interesting instance of you compartmentalizing processes.
1: Exactly. Mm. I, I know. Do you know what? I've never noticed that I do it in so many different formats. You do. And I think once you actually sit down and you look at your behavior as a whole, whether you have autism or a disability or whatever, even if it's just a person, mm. sit down and look at your behavior. Yeah. Because you understand yourself so much more. Oh my god! So and much. And then it's so much easier to go like. I'm having a meltdown right now why am I having a meltdown yes. this is the reason how can I then stop that meltdown and you understand yourself so much better than sitting with a therapist for five days going well I feel sad sometimes and then this, like mm. just sit down look mm. at your patterns of behavior look at your emotions try and connect them and you learn about yourself and
2: it questioning that was
1: one of the things that got me through so much anger and hurt and yeah and upset and all that jazz. I'm sure you've probably, you know, been through a really similar experience.
2: A hundred percent, I've been doing it very, a lot, a lot recently during lockdown. We've had a lot of kind of procrastination time and I've been thinking Mm. a lot about how human beings don't sit with their own thoughts anymore. Everyone's always distracted on their phone or on their TV Mm. or, and nobody sits with their thoughts and analyzes why they behave the way They behave all of our behaviors conditioned. Let's face it. Like we didn't just magically pull our personality as it is today out of our assholes, (laughs) out of the air. We didn't pull it out of nowhere. It was punched in there by by other people, by experiences. So to sit down and analyze where that came from is I think the most powerful thing you can do for yourself is to take take control of your own experiences. Because a lot of people will feel like they've had experiences that they've been out of control in. So to take that back and to analyze it is takes the power back
1: exactly and go back to what i said at the start it's a, it's a reason why both me and talitha don't drink is you want to be in control of yourself at all points in time because what if you are out drinking and something happens mm. and you know you're too drunk to put in those steps you're too drunk to shock yourself or to help yourself mm-hmm. i always want to be in a position where i'm at the best possible place i can be to help myself if something goes wrong something happens and i, I need myself yeah um And drinking not only wastes my money, but puts me in a space where I can't do that. And I want to be safe, you know, especially with my vision. You rely on vision, Exactly. You you deserve that time
2: to give to yourself that kindness.
1: The best person to help yourself is you. Yeah. That's what I've learned over the years. I, I try to rely on so many people for my vision and my mental health. And it comes down to, to you looking after you. Yeah. Whether that's taking a bath and putting on some music. Whether that's, that's what I said to you the other day. I was like, go put on some music, have a bath, listen I, to this song. What
2: I had a wash actually. I washed like my, my hair and my face, which I never do at the same time. So I was like, oh, I felt better. It's just those things that you let like, slip, <laughs> isn't it? Exactly.
1: I mean, one thing that you do that I advocate so much to people is keeping a journal. Yeah. Or like a diary or I'm something
2: obsessed. to write your notes down. Obsessed. Because I forget. I, I, I have ADHD as well and I forget. I genuinely forget. And it's the one thing that's really helped me take a hold of being like, I've been here before. I've been in yeah. this low place before. I will come out of it again. I'm aware that it will happen. it will be this too sharp pass. To Say that. You know, you can you can go through that book and spot Yeah, happens.
1: Yes. You, you'll look back at yourself in a month ago and you'll go. This is a clear pattern. I mm-hmm. can now see where I went wrong. And you can see your thoughts and you can say, okay, this is a recurring negative thought that I clearly need to address or this mm-hmm. is a recurring positive thought that I can work on. Like, I honestly, even if you don't have a journal or you can't get hold of a book at the moment or you don't have the money, go, do it on the notes on your phone. Yeah. Do it on the diary on your Anywhere. phone. On like, the back of the old bills.
2: Anywhere. You've got a pen and a piece of paper. Literally. Get the words out of something. your brain. Out of your brain.
1: Make a little post. My friend used to have a post-it note wall. Um, you know, my other friend, um, she used to do little notes on braille. Yeah, and hide them in little places, and they were little positive things, or maybe they were. They'd be like, "Remember this negative thought. Don't do this, or like, do this." And I honestly advocate it so much. I mean, I'm even thinking of just getting a when I move house, getting a whole load of people round, and sitting everyone in the garden, and being like, "You're gonna today. You're just gonna focus on writing things." And that's
2: it.
1: we to write things as a group. We're going to talk about things. Like gonna, a self-healing like, circle. Exactly. Because we don't have them. We don't have the safe spaces. We and don't. some people, you know, might sit at home and go, I want to do this writing thing. I want to write down my feelings. I want to write down my emotions. But I don't know where to start. And they don't have that motivational
2: push yeah. to do it. It is hard to know where to start. I just start writing now because I literally just ramble words. But a lot of people wouldn't yeah. know or even feel comfortable being that vulnerable to start with. It's it's difficult until exactly. you see someone else do it and then you're like, oh, I can do that. Seeing something I mean make something exist so much more possible. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. make it creative. If you're not comfortable
1: with being, you know, straight down open and honest, yeah. maybe make a like make a poem, make a song. Yeah. something artsy that you can put those things in as like an underlying message and then you're slowly you know. more and more used to talking about things openly. Yeah. Like I my my parents well, my dad's a musician. Um, so I've always done music and I, I used to write songs and then I started doing poetry. I know that you've done a lot of poetry. Um, like literally sing, dance, whatever you need to do to get that emotion out, and then you'll get more used to writing it down just directly.
2: The art's really used so, that, doesn't it?
1: Oh god, so much. So so much. I know, you know, me and Talitha both trained um as professional dancers our whole lives in like ballet and tap and stuff. Mm. Um and it's all graded, so it never gives you an outlet to be emotional. But the minute you start doing it on your own in your bedroom, you know, hire a little space out, do it in your garden, do it in your kitchen when you're cooking. I do.
2: You, like, exactly. You get so freeing. It's so, so much freeing. Out. 100%. Ramona, I've it's had so much fun talking to you. I think you are. Yeah. You are one of the most interesting people that I know. You really are. Oh, if, and I don't mean that in a fetishizing way, but you have so many dimensions. <laughs> your life and you are of such a young age and you're gonna do so much in your life you are gonna go so far you are do you have anything that's exciting anything that we haven't covered that you want to tell our beautiful listeners
1: in the words of my musical icon frank turner be more kind um, yeah two things that i recommend doing well three things i recommend doing during quarantine one listen to the album no man's land by frank turner it is an album dedicated to women every single song is about a different woman it's about her story about how she um lived about what she accomplished for women um so listen to that album honestly if you want to feel empowered as a woman check it out love it um the song be more kind which was literally written during trump being elected be more kind. Just uh-huh. do it. That's what mm-hmm. you've got to do. I do not care if you're lazy. I don't care if you're busy. Just be nice, nice to, like, the woman in the shop. It, it takes more effort. to Exactly. Like, just be kind. And also, like, talk to people. And not even people talk. Whether that's to a notebook, whether that's someone on Facebook, whether that's FaceTime, a friend whether it's, meet your neighbours, for God's sake. We've been living right. next to these people this whole time. Talk to them. Mm-hmm. They might end up being dicks at the
2: end, but at least you tried. <laughs> <laughs> you tried. Humanity doesn't connect anymore.
1: Exactly. Aww. Everyone's saying, what would we do without social media? And
2: I'm like, we'd talk. What we used to <laughs> do, which was turn up on time and, and meet our friends, yes. obviously not right now, but you know. Yeah. Uh, Ramona. Thank you. You're you. so lovely. <laughs> what are you doing this oh, afternoon what are you doing this this fine evening now even Ooh, this fine evening
1: I will be creating some content in my, my hot sweaty bedroom yeah um, sexy I will be <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Mm-hmm. I will be trying to spend some time with my lovely boyfriend who has been patiently sitting in the other room during all this <laughs>
2: has he um is he even- <laughs> <as heck.
1: laughs> yeah
2: yeah just give him a join it'll um, be fine
1: <laughs> exactly he'll be content um and i'm trying to do a instagram takeover for um an agency that i am now working with Love. which is rebellion creative Mm. Um, And chilling out And looking after myself Because that's what Everyone should be Gosh darn doing
2: Amen Sister Please (laughs) Ramona Where can we find you On the internet
1: Oh So you can find me On Instagram um, Mm. At Ramona (laughs) Underscore Underscore Flow Because apparently The other one was taken Motherfucker I have an OnlyFans If you want to Go and see some Short blonde girl Power magic Jazz Yes um, if you um want to check out our company um scarlet that is at underscore scarlet with two r's um because double the fun and double r (laughs) (laughs) um and if you have any questions my email is always up um feel free to dm me any questions about disability about getting into sex work about anything even if it's just what do i do today i will freaking help you i will tell you what to do
2: (laughs) you're very helpful you you take advice very well and you give advice very well you're just a very good communicator ah thanks one of the joys we both we both have i think i think so i think so i think we should do we should do a podcast episode or something like that and and then maybe frank can be your your um your nominated smoker (laughs) <laughs> my friend did that with He's a so sure. with a with a, a drunk that cast, that a but one of my friends didn't drink. Therefore, he had a he had a nominated drinker. So, frankly, you're a nominated stoner, and the- we shall so do. That. <laughs> I think
1: that's such a cute cool idea. I, I, I love, love you.
2: that, <gasps> Ramona. Thank also, you, so you much. have to come over and my garden. Yes, can we do yes, it in thank the you. garden? We have to do it in the garden. Yes, we, when all this Let's do it. Shit's Let's do it. over. Ah, oh, Queen. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. You're an absolute gem on diamond, and a diamond. I love you so much. You take care of yourself, okay?
0: I love you too. I love y'all. Bye. Bye, safe. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh.